Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, and welcome back to the Balance Wand Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger, and today we are going to do a birthday solo episode, a birthday-inspired solo episode. This might be the first episode that I've ever made notes for. You guys know I just talk off the cuff, especially for solo episodes, but I wanted to do a special episode for my 31st birthday, which was on Monday, October 11th, so this I had to have this come out on my birthday week so much so that I switched my whole podcast schedule around to make this one happen. And for this episode, I wanted to do 31 things I've learned in 31 years. And this is a tradition that I've been doing on my blog for the last eight and a half years on birthdays, I guess starting with what would that have been? My 23rd birthday? 23 things I learned in 23 years. And I also used to do blog posts for like all of my best friends' birthdays, all of my family members' birthdays. So call me a Libra. (laughs) Call me a diva, a birthday diva. I saw this hysterical meme on Instagram. I should probably repost it today so that you guys can see it in my stories. But it was like Libra's acting like they don't like attention on their birthday. And then it was this meme of this man who had this billboard made to have people wish him a happy birthday and text him a happy birthday. And I just felt so seen because I've never claimed that I don't like attention. But Libras, we're just funny that way. We change how we feel on a minute-by-minute basis. So I can totally relate to that feeling, which I've, I've had overwhelmingly for the last couple of years, thinking about my birthday ahead of time and thinking, I don't really want to do anything this year. I have birthday anxiety. I just want to be with Jonathan and my parents and like go out of town, something like that. And then every year I end up celebrating with, you know, a whole bunch of people that I love. And this year was no exception. I felt those feelings, probably especially more so because I'm pregnant. I'm just so focused on the baby. I'm thinking so much more about my life changing and just feeling, I don't feel the need to be celebrated at like a big party, but I do just like to be surrounded by the people that I love on my birthday. So on Sunday, we had our baby shower and I really can't speak to it yet because I'm recording this ahead of time. So technically it hasn't happened yet, but I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. And I just know that being surrounded by all the people that I love most around my birthday is something that 
I really care about and is just super important to me. So I think a lot of fellow Libras will probably feel similarly, especially October Libras. I think October Libras are like this more than anything, but we're all about relationships and people. And one day I'll do a whole astrology episode dedicated to the Libra life because I've promised that I would for years. But the point of this whole tangent is that birthdays are so special to me hence the yearly blog posts and then now in this day and age I really just podcast so much more often than I blog so the podcast feels like the place to do 31 things I've learned in 31 years so I made a list we might as well just get into it and I also wanted to thank you guys for listening to last week's episode with Chelsea. That one was so fun. And then two weeks ago with Jonathan when we made a huge announcement. So keep sending in your feedback about that announcement. We love to hear it. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, on Apple, I should say, I always say iTunes. It's really Apple. Then send me a screenshot to Jordan at thebalancewand.com of your rating and review. Just take a little screenshot right before you press send. And I'm actually hosting a huge birthday giveaway with Nama Juicers. So you'll see that on my Instagram. I probably posted about it on my actual birthday, October 11th. And if I didn't on that day, then I probably posted yesterday or today. And Nama, they came out with their brand new J2 juicer. This is not a sponsorship. I'm just obsessed with their juicers. They've completely changed my life. You can make juice, you can make nut milk, you can make sorbets. And they have agreed to give away one of their brand new J2 juicers to a lucky winner in our TBB audience. So to enter that giveaway, all you have to do is rate and review the podcast on Apple. Send me a screenshot to jordanandthebalancebond.com. Comment on my Instagram post about this giveaway and also follow Nama. That's all you got to do. There might be like some bonus things that you can do, like extra comments and whatnot. But honestly, the people who rate and review the podcast, they will be among the people that I choose from because that part is a really, really special part of the giveaway for me. And I just love giving back to you guys on my birthday and my birthday month and all the good things. So lastly, before we dive into the episode, let's thank our fabulous sponsor. I'm so happy to have this sponsor sponsoring the show again, Beekeepers Naturals. If you didn't hear Carly Stein, the founder of Beekeepers Naturals on the podcast this summer, you got to go back and listen to that episode. It was so good. We talk about natural healing. We talk about how nothing worked for her for her lifelong health issues until she found bee propolis. Now you might be wondering, what is bee propolis? And I will tell you all about it. And you can also listen to that episode with Carly to learn more. So let's talk about propolis. I use bee immune propolis throat spray nonstop when I'm traveling to support my immune system when it matters most. And if you've been following on Instagram, you've seen that I've been traveling a lot lately. I have all my best friends getting married this season. So bee immune throat propolis spray is a staple in my purse. It is so good for the immune system. And I also like to spritz it in my mouth, spritz it in my throat before I record a podcast episode. It is a daily ritual for me to support my immune system. 
And it is also really helpful for scratchy, uncomfortable throats. So you might be wondering, what is bee propolis? Propolis is made by bees and backed by science. Bee propolis acts as the bee's medicine, and it also contains vitamin B, vitamin C, zinc, and over 300 beneficial compounds and minerals that are amazing for the human immune system. Propolis is the defender of the hive, and bees use it to protect their hive from any bacteria that might harm them. It is the hive's immune system. And as you can imagine, it works similarly for humans. Medicinal use of propolis dates all the way back before 300 BCE in the times of Aristotle. Actually, Aristotle is thought to have coined the word propolis, which means defender of the city. And if you are a history nerd like myself, especially Greek history, then you will appreciate that. Beekeepers Naturals products are made with clean ingredients. They're certified keto, paleo, gluten-free, and natural. They're always third-party tested and free of artificial colors, preservatives, fillers, alcohol, gluten, GMO, pesticides, and refined sugars. And something that I love about Beekeepers Naturals is that they are on a mission to save the bees. So bees are crucial to our planet's health. About one-third of our food supply would be lost if the bees disappear. That's why Beekeepers Naturals is committed to sustainable beekeeping and pesticide-free products always. Today, Beekeepers Naturals is offering you an exclusive order. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash blonde or enter the code blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E, to get 20% off your first order. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash blonde or enter the code blonde. Start feeling better today, every day. And I am so excited for you guys to try. Tag me on Instagram when you do. And now let's just get into this solo episode. So happy that you guys are here listening. And like I said, I wrote down my 31 things that I have learned in 31 years. So let's just get into it. First, I have to say... These 31 things are not necessarily in any particular order because I just kind of jotted down notes over the last couple weeks when I heard something inspiring. So a lot of this is inspired by some spiritual teachers of mine as well as just people in my life who inspire me in general. And some of it is straight from my mind. Hence, there is just no order. I couldn't order it. Everything is important. So let's start with number one. We have to kick it off with a Ram Dass quote because this quote, this needs to be hung up over my bed. It needs to be blown up. It needs to be on my forehead. I'm obsessed with this quote and I try to live my life this way. He says, ultimately, I would rather be free and in love than be right. And I love that more than anything because at this time in history, I've talked about this before, freedom. Freedom is the ultimate thing that we all want. Freedom, no matter what you believe with everything going on right now in the world, no matter what side of the coin you fall on, what everyone wants is freedom. We want our freedom back. We want to go out in public and travel with our friends and family and feel safe and feel healthy and feel seen and feel loved and I love this quote so much. Ultimately, I would rather be free and in love than be right because the two most important things in the world, this is what I have learned in my 31 years, are that freedom and love are the only things that matter. They're the only things that matter. Love is what we all come back to. It's what is in our heart. It's what fuels us. 
I learned that if I have love in my life, then I have everything. And I've talked about this before, but when I was younger, early in my 20s, oh my God, I was like a career woman beyond. Like I put this brand, my blog, my career above all else. It was blocking me from finding romantic love. And it was also holding me back from spending time with the people that I love. I was just working all the time. Ultimately, I got sick and I learned a lot from that. And I found my way back to what really matters in life, which is love and being free and feeling free. That's what we all want and that's what we all deserve. And then the second part of that quote, he would rather be free and in love than be right. What an amazing thing to hear and how true, like who really gives a shit about being right at the end of the day? Because you know what I realized? I realized this in my 31 years, everyone thinks they're right. So why would you argue with someone because you think you're right and they think they're right. We are all the hero in our own story. No one is the villain in their own story. If they are, perhaps, you know, we should be worried about them. But everybody typically thinks that they're right. So thank God this is something that I've learned in my years on this earth because I am so disinterested in arguing with people. I'm so disinterested in both arguing on the internet or arguing with my friends, my loved ones. I'm happy to stand up for what I believe in, but not in an argumentative way because I don't really care about being right. I don't really care about converting people over to what I believe because I'm so in awe of the fact that we're all different and I respect different opinions. Like that's what makes the world so beautiful. And as much as I wish some people that I love believed what I believe, you know, knew I was right about this or that, at the end of the day, what I learned is what a waste of time to try to convince someone that you're right. Also, you're just going to look like an asshole. You're probably later going to feel like an asshole. And who cares? Because as long as you and your heart feel like what you're doing is right for you, for your family, for the people that you love, that's all that matters. So there's so much to dissect in that quote. I could probably do a whole episode on it. But let's move on to the next thing. The next thing is... When you change your energy, you change your life. And that is a Joe Dispenza quote. Anyone who's listened to anything Joe Dispenza will know that. And I promise these are not all quotes, really truly promise. But these quotes have just epically changed my life. And a couple years ago, when I found Joe Dispenza and started to shift my energy and my frequency, that's when my life really started to change. And that's when I started to heal. And Basically, I have been on a quest for the last many years to recreate meditations, which you can find in my celestial program that help you change your frequency and vibration. And I'm also on a quest every single day to live in that higher vibration inspired by Joe Dispenza. When you change your energy, you change your life. It speaks for itself. Think about it. You can't change unless you start changing the frequency with which you show up in the world. And this is something that shows up in my life over and over again. One of my first spiritual teachers that I found was Abraham Hicks. And oh, Abraham Hicks, channeled by Esther, absolutely was the first huge influence in my life that showed me that we can change our vibration and that we actually are in charge of our vibration. And when we're in charge of our vibration. Nothing can make us sick. Nothing can make us unhappy. Nothing can make us waver from who we are and where we stand because 
we're in control. So that goes back to the law of attraction, which I find goes really well with this number two on the list, that when you change your energy, you change your life. It's just a very important reminder, a beautiful reminder to me that we are in charge of our energy and we can change our life. So if you're out there listening and you're unhappy and you're depressed and you just don't know where to go from here and you don't like what you feel when you wake up in the morning and you just want to feel excited about your day, I would recommend thinking about shifting your energy, perhaps doing a Joe Dispenza meditation or a TBB Celestial meditation or anything that speaks to you. And remember that you're in control and that it all starts with you. So I love that one. That's number two. Number three is very simple. You deserve to put yourself first. That's something I didn't understand for a really long time. I felt that in order to be a good friend, a good wife, a good daughter, a good aunt, a good sister, I had to put everybody else first. And ultimately, I was pouring from a very empty cup. And I think it served me well to show up for others before myself for so long because these relationships are so important to me. But at the end of the day, I realized I'm sick, I'm miserable, I'm exhausted. And how can I really be a good influence and a good person, good friend in everyone's life if I'm not taking care of myself first? So this has been a quest of mine over the last five or so years. And this year it has gotten really I've just gotten so much stronger in my boundaries. And this doesn't mean walk all over other people and stop being considerate of other people's feelings. It means be considerate of your own feelings first and don't ever put yourself in a situation that you don't 150 million percent want to be in if you have control over it. And often we do. We have control over almost everything. And when you know that you're worthy of putting yourself first, your self-worth skyrockets, you feel so much more valuable, your life becomes of more value, and you're more fun to be around because when you're somewhere, you really want to be there. And when you're working on a project, or for me saying yes to a work project or a partnership, I'm saying yes because I really want to do it. Like I really feel like I have something to bring to the table and there's passion and this could help people. So overall, your whole life will improve when you start putting yourself first. I'm very happy that I learned that. And everything that you do has more value. And please, you know, take this with a grain of salt. I know there are people out there who are caretakers, who are mothers, people who can't quote unquote put themselves first. So take this and apply it in a way that really works for you. That feels like something that you, that you could do. You know, it doesn't mean like your feelings are more important than your spouse's feelings or your child's feelings. It means that you can be the best to them when you're taking care of yourself and you're not pouring from an empty cup. That is a huge one. You deserve to put yourself first. Number four, no one else cares what you're doing. So do what works for you. I wish I could go back in time and tell my 21, 22, 23 year old self this simple, simple fact. No one else cares what you're doing. No one cares if you're not drinking alcohol. No one's peering into your cup to see what you're actually drinking in your red solo cup. No one really cares if you're going to start talking about aliens on your blog. Like, couple people might unfollow you, but nobody really cares at the end of the day because people are mostly thinking about themselves. And (laughs) that's just the truth. So yes, 
it's this one's a curious one because sometimes I think, wow, nobody cares. I can say whatever I want, balls to the wall, and I do. And then I end up getting public scrutiny over that. So it's a little bit different when you're a public, when you're talking to a large group of people on a podcast, for example, but in your life, in your insular life with your friends and your family and the people that you're surrounded by, no one else cares what you're doing. So do what works for you. People ask me all the time, how did you get the courage to stop drinking alcohol? How did that not ruin some of your social relationships and friendships? And how did this not abolish your social life? And my first thing I always say to people is no one really cares. And the only time people do care is because you're holding up a mirror to them. And if they feel triggered by that, guess what? It's still not about you. It's really still not about you. Because if someone else is triggered, they really have to look within to see why. And eventually they'll probably realize too that that wasn't about you. So yes, earlier in my 20s, I did feel different. I did feel not ostracized, but I felt, I don't know. I can't say that I felt self-conscious about not drinking. I just felt like this definitely affects how some people in my life think about me because I've had the courage to change and be different and I'm not who I used to be. That can be confronting for certain people. But guess what? That's kind of a gift because you you get to see who those people are and then you get to have more space to form relationships, deeper relationships with other people if those original people were not meant to be in your life. So that's number four. No one else cares what you're doing, so do you. Number five, when something is bubbling up inside of you with passion, it's not worth ignoring. It's always worth pursuing. And this goes back to something that I talked about in my solo episode a couple weeks ago when I asked you guys for feedback on fiction versus memoir. I finally made a decision. There's been a passion bubbling up inside of me for years. I've been ignoring it. I've been telling myself just do the smart thing, do what's right in front of you, keep trucking along on the podcast and the blog and it's lucrative and it's working for you and you want to buy a house and you have all these goals. But I have this deep creative passion that's overrunning my mind every day. And I realize if I keep ignoring it, I am not doing a service to myself or to my soul or to my higher self at all. And so when you feel deeply passionate about something, don't ignore it. Go for it. It's always worth pursuing. This is a message to me and this is a message to you. So right now, I will ask you at number five to take a pause and just think about what is that thing that's bubbling up inside of you? What are you so passionate about that you've been afraid to start for whatever reason? Maybe because it doesn't make sense to the outside world or maybe it feels silly because you don't think you're creative enough or smart enough or lovable enough. But what is that one thing? and what's holding you back from going after it. I've been asking myself these questions and coming up with the hard answers. It's not always fun to gaze inward and to figure out what all of our deepest shadows are, but when you are able to confront your shadows and your fears, that's when you're able to chase your passions. So number five is really important to me. I definitely invite you to take some time to think about what you're passionate about that you're not pursuing because I'm 31. I just turned 20, 31. Oh my God. Did I almost just say 21? Wow. I feel so young at heart. I don't know your age when you're listening. I know we have 
teenagers listening. We have girls in their 20s listening. We have women in their 60s listening. I love the range. And my goal, now that I've just turned 31, and I know in 31 more years, I'll be 62. I'll be 62. I'll be five years younger than my mom is now. I want to look back on these years of my life and know that I was brave and courageous to chase relentlessly these deepest and wildest dreams that I have, even though, even though they don't make a whole lot of sense to my current brand and everything that I've built and all the hard work that I've put into what I've done for the last many years, I want to have the strength to pivot and the foresight and the innovation to do something different. And I want to look back when I'm 62 and when I'm 82 and just be like, wow, I'm so happy that I always went for my dreams. I don't want to look back and be like, I wish I wrote that book. I wish I wrote that damn book. Somebody else wrote it because ideas float in the wind and other authors, other people pick up these amazing ideas. It's already happened a couple times. And I know how true that is. The concept of big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. If you've never heard it, the concept is that ideas are floating through time and space and ideas especially creative ideas, don't necessarily belong to us. They're gifted to us by the universe. And if we're not going to take action on them, someone else is. And that's why two or three times now, oh gosh, maybe three or four times now, I have had these amazing ideas, one or two for fiction and one or two for memoir that have literally been written about by someone else. And I say this with like, total non-attachment. I've already worked through all of my feelings and emotions that bubbled up about this, but with the knowing that this is the universe showing me, we're giving you more ideas and you got to take action on these. So that brings me back to number five, follow your passion. I just had to look back and be like, did I really talk about number five for five minutes? Yes, I did. That one's an important one. Okay, number six, strangers' opinions of you do not matter. If you ever need a boost and to find out how you really are, how people really see you, ask the five people who are closest to you. So this is a message to all of us, especially to those of us who somewhat live in the public eye. You cannot listen to a stranger's opinion of you. I will see a horrific review from time to time or a super mean comment or, you know, I've talked about the cyberbullying that's taken place or even I'll hear that some random person I went to high school with has this certain opinion of me and it will sting because I'm sensitive. But what I've learned in my 31 years is that people who don't know you, why the hell would we take their opinions? They don't know us at all. So if you ever feel down about what someone thinks of you or someone said about you or what you even feel their energy toward you, go to the five people closest to you. Or if you're only comfortable asking one or two people, ask two of the people who are closest to you what they think of you. Ask them to give you some honest feedback about your personality and where you're at and how you treat people. And where might you be holding yourself back? Or just ask them like, hey, I need a little confidence boost. Could you please give me one? (laughs) Like, I love you and I'll give you one too. And that's what friends are for. That's what friendship is for. And 
what I've learned having these amazing friends that I have now that I've gathered up over the most recent years of my life and some friends that I've had for a really long time is you might not even need to ask. Some of my friends and I, we just gush about each other to each other. I'm thinking about Jenna Zoe. I'm thinking about Crystal Williams. I'm thinking about Kenzie. Those are some of the people that I feel very, very, very seen by some of the people. I know I have a lot of other people who see me as well. And I feel like I really see them. And I try to always remind my friends how amazing they are and what I see in them. And that, I guess, would be my other tip is be the kind of friend that you want in return. So if you want friends and friendships that are super open and like full of love, full of this, like, non-intimate friendship type of love, 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 then give that love. Like I have so much love inside of me. It overflows constantly. When I was younger, I had so much love inside of me. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't even know where to put it or where for it to go because I just felt so abundantly full of love. And I also felt sad a lot of the time because I didn't have enough channels for all of that love to go to. So that love when I was younger, when I was like 16 to 21, probably I channeled it all into the same person. I've talked about him a lot on this podcast, my, my high school boyfriend, my first love. And I was sad all the time because I wanted that kind of love in return and I wasn't receiving it. And of course, I poured that love into friendships, into writing, but I was like channeling all of my love pretty much into one place. And now I realize love comes from the universe. Love is abundant. Love is endless. Love is bottomless. Love is effervescent. The more that we can be a container for love, the more love that we can hold and that we can carry and that can overflow from our hearts. So basically I give a lot of love to my friends and in return, it really helps me to have people in my life who really see me. So number six, strangers' opinions of you do not matter. Number seven, changing one habit at a time will change your life. It's truly the little things that we do, our daily routine and habits that ultimately will be the catalyst to change our life. And one habit at a time, guys, that's all it takes. I'm definitely guilty of trying to make a million changes overnight. For example, we're expecting our son. He's coming in December. He's coming around Christmas time. And I wanted to buy a house, potentially move to a different state or to a different city, change the basis of my career, go on maternity leave, take time off, which I will do. I will take time off. I wanted to, you know, move to the jungle. There were so many changes that I wanted to make because I felt really out of control and really helpless for a while there. And so number seven is really dear to my heart because it's what I need. By the way, all of these are what I need. So I hope that I hope that they're what you need too. And I typically find that when one person needs these reminders this much, as much as I do, then they're hopefully influential and helpful to a whole lot of people. Changing one habit at a time will change your life. There's a lot of good books about this. Again, Joe Dispenza meditations are incredible for shifting and changing your habits. 
it's the daily routine. It's like what you do when you wake up in the morning. What do you look at when you wake up in the morning? What do you feel? What do you think about? And for example, this morning, I felt myself feeling really down on myself for sleeping in, for being exhausted, for feeling like I'd been hit by a freight train when I woke up and I knew I had all these things to do today. And instead of letting myself wallow and start the day off on a negative note, I started just telling myself affirmations. I high-fived myself in the mirror, which is a Mel Robbins technique. She'll be on the podcast soon. And I just didn't let myself go there. I started talking to Hudson, my cat, and I was like, I love you. I love my life. I love my job. I love what I get to do today. And then just all into the self-affirmations. And that habit alone is life-changing. So that's number seven. Number eight, there is a realm beyond this realm, the spiritual realm. And when we look there, we realize how insignificant our problems here can be. Well, if this isn't the hugest thing I've learned in my 31 years, This is for sure the hugest thing that I've learned and something that has opened my eyes and is now the catalyst for everything that I will do in my future, everything that my future holds, knowing that there's a realm beyond this one. This is something that I've discovered in the last five years or so, and the concept of living as an eternal soul, as embracing my gifts and starting to tap back into that psychic power that I have had throughout many lifetimes as an eternal soul, and we're all eternal souls, so we all have this infinite well of power to tap into, is such a fun, integrated, beautiful way to live life. And it also takes away a lot of fear. I don't have fear of dying because I know, I know that our souls live on, and I'm so happy this is something I've learned in my 31 years. And if there's anything I could teach you guys, there is a realm beyond this one. Our eternal souls are always present with us. Our higher selves are speaking to us always, and we can tap into them in any moment. Such an important one. Number nine, the more you ignore something, the more it will creep up on you. This goes for both good and bad things in life. So, I mean, I don't like to classify things as good and bad, but the negative and the positive. So, for example, like I said before, the more you ignore a passion, the more your soul will keep reminding you that you need to pursue this passion. You came here to pursue this passion. Maybe your health starts to break down or the universe starts to knock you over the head in other certain ways to try to wake you back up to pursuing this passion. And the more you ignore it, the more it will make itself known in your life. And this also goes for the negative feelings. Like if you have, you know, a a weird feeling around a certain friend or you just don't feel comfortable in their energy, you can only ignore it for so long until it becomes huge. Or if there's something that you have to say, I find when I've left something unsaid in a friendship or any type of relationship, or even here on the podcast, I cannot function until I say it. Like, Even if you don't involve the other person, you can write a letter that you never give them just to get all that negative energy out of your body, put it onto the page and release it into the universe because we really can only ignore something for so long. Number 10, nature cures all. Forest bathing is a real thing. When I was healing from Lyme, 
I found that I was so disconnected from nature after living in cities for so many years of my life. And I really had to return to the wisdom of the trees, the wisdom of the forest, the wisdom of the ocean, and just realize how magnetic and how healing nature truly is. This one's so simple. And truly all of these are so simple. It's the simple things that make up our life. So that's number 10, nature cures all. I'm trying to go faster now because I'm realizing I could do an episode on each one of these. Number 11, my passion for the plant-based lifestyle will always be a cornerstone of my life. So happy I learned this, given that when I was in my early to mid-20s, I got really lost and started listening to a lot of outside influences, a lot of noise. As my friend Lisa Heim, who's been on the podcast, says, fork the noise, get the noise out. Listen to yourself. Listen to your own intuition. And the plant-based lifestyle is tied into my eternal soul's lifetimes and path. I know this to be true. I have past life memories working with the plants. I have past life memories working with herbs and oh, so many other things that I could get into in an episode of its own. The plant-based lifestyle is one of my favorite things about my life. It probably sounds so cheesy and corny. Every morning I wake up and say to Jonathan, I'm so happy that we're vegan. I'm happy that he's vegan. I'm happy that I'm vegan. And I've had an interesting journey to get back to the plant-based lifestyle after a lot of public scrutiny and after just a lot of, you know, the journey was a weird one to get back here. And it's because I gave away my power and was listening to other people. And when I started listening to myself and when the universe knocked me over the head with a freaking bar stool and woke me back up to who I really am, the plant-based lifestyle is such a cornerstone of who I am. Creating the celestial diet and lifestyle, I feel, is part of what I came here to do and who I came here to be. So that's a very special, dear to my heart, number 11. Number 12, what people have to say about you has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. The next time someone has an outlandish reaction to a boundary, know that that is their shit that they have to deal with and they have to look in the mirror. That one sounds like a mini journal entry to myself. I'm sure on that day, I had probably, the day that I wrote this, I had probably dealt with something like that. And, you know, it's hard to receive unabashed criticism. I don't really know what I was talking about here specifically, but I do know anyone who doesn't respect your boundaries has no business you know, discussing the issue at hand further with you. I'm not going to say cut them out of your life. That's very harsh. And that's probably not something I would do right away. But if someone repeatedly doesn't respect your boundaries, then I would question whether they deserve to be in your life. And also just knowing, just having that inner knowing that that is their shit that they have to deal with and they have to look in the mirror. It will release you from the grips of whatever they said or whatever disrespectful disrespect of their boundary that they had and give you so much peace, the peace that you deserve. So number 13, we really do have the power and the energy to change our lives and to heal ourselves. That's all it takes truly. And I feel like that's what my work on this planet is all about. So I could get deeper into that one, but you guys know how I feel about healing and that we are our own healer. We are our own guru and we we do have the power to change our energy. It's one of the most powerful things I've realized on 
this earth. And sometimes I get really confused about why I'm on this earth because I know I am a light beam soul. I come from other planets. I, I ask myself often, what am I doing here? I'm happy to be here, but what am I doing here? And then I remember, oh, wow, humans have a lot of power. We have so much autonomy and sovereignty. And so to hang on to that sovereignty and know that we, if you're sick, you can heal yourself. If you are unhappy, look within. If you want to make a lot of changes, start making one little change at a time. And that's the way that you'll heal your life. One of my doctors, one of my favorite doctors, Dr. West, who I see here in LA, she told me when I was really, really, really sick and healing from Lyme, she said, I don't know that full recovery from this disease, this dis-ease is really the goal because full recovery is going to be a hard thing to attain. But slowly but surely, with every change that you make here, with the supplements that you take, with the neurofeedback with you, that you do, with all of these little lifestyle changes that you're making and the homeopathics and all the things that you're taking, slowly your life will get better and better until you don't realize that you're sick anymore. And then the good things will outweigh the bad and you'll be living a healthy life. And I remember thinking, what a cool thing to hear. Some people could say that's not empowering because she wasn't saying full recovery was possible, but it was the most realistic thing I had heard from any doctor or any person in my whole healing journey. And I have a lot of thoughts on that about what remission really means when it comes to dis-ease and what the goal really is. Is the goal to feel good or is the goal to, you know, to have like a piece of paper telling you that your blood work is perfect or is the goal to enjoy your everyday life? For me, the goal was to get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby and to have energy to live my life and go through my days. So yes, we have the power that's number 13. Number 14, human design is a game changer. Human design will change your life. Learning that I am a 4-6 reflector from my dear friend, Jenna Zoe, and everyone must check out her app, the My Human Design app, total game changer. That has changed my life. That has given me permission to show up in the world as I really am. It's given me permission to be different from almost everyone I know, to know that I am a mirror for the people in my life and for others, and to to really pour energy into my own cup does serve other people. And to not compare myself because I do best when I'm around other people for two to three hours a day and when I'm working for two to three hours a day and to not compare myself to my husband, for example, who's a generator who thrives off of these, you know, oh my God, how many hours a day does he work? Probably like 14 hours a day, 15 hours a day. And I can't compare myself to the amount of sleep that he gets or that anyone gets because I need more. I have my own unique formula and that's part of my human design. It's written in the stars for my personality and we all have something like that. So I highly recommend that you look into human design. I'm so happy that I stumbled upon it and stumbled upon Jenna in my 31 years. Number 15, astrology as well. Learning all about my astrology being a Libra sun, Aquarius rising, Cancer moon, Aquarius north node, Libra in Venus and Mars, Mercury, all these other planets that has 
influenced the way that I show up in the world so much. And it's also given me permission to live, you know, this kind of celestial, light beamy life that I live because it's also in alignment with my birth chart. And not that you need permission to be exactly who you think you are, but if you feel like you know who you are and then you get confirmation that, yeah, that is who you are. That's written in the stars. That's why you were born at the time you were born, at the place that you were, to the parents that you were. It all goes back to the fact that there is a spiritual realm out there and that just gives me so much peace. Okay, we're just about halfway done. Before I get into number 16, I would love to thank our second sponsor for today's episode, Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is my longest standing sponsor, which I'm so honored to say because they're such a big part of my life and such a big part of this show. Four Sigmatic is a wellness company that is well known for their delicious mushroom coffee. Their mushroom coffee is real, organic, fair trade, single origin, and full of different adaptogenic mushrooms that bring you whatever you need to thrive. So whether that's more productivity, more immune support, more alertness, you could look to the different mushrooms like lion's mane, chaga, etc. for whatever it is that you're looking to enhance in your life. I've been starting my day with Four Sigmatic's ground mushroom coffee for so long now, and that's because it doesn't give me jitters. It helps me focus so I can get shit done. It tastes amazing, and I feel so much more productive on the days that I drink my Four Sigmatic, and it also doesn't affect my nervous system in the way that, say, a large cold brew coffee in the morning, which I also love, but it really does affect my nervous system. Four Sigmatic doesn't do that. It keeps me steady. It keeps me balanced. It doesn't crash and burn my adrenals. It just feels so good. Mushroom coffee is easy on the gut, and it does not leave you with a midday crash. All Four Sigmatic products are organic vegan and gluten-free plus every single batch is third-party lab tested to ensure its purity and safety so you know you're getting the highest quality coffee and mushrooms possible now you're probably thinking does this coffee taste like mushrooms i can guarantee you it tastes just like the coffee you love it brews dark and nutty and tastes incredible they have over 20,000 five-star reviews and best of all they back their products with a 100 money-back guarantee love every single sip or get your money back. We have worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee, but this is just for our TBB listeners. Get up to 40% off plus free shipping on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde. This offer is only for the Balanced Blonde listeners and is not available on their regular website. You'll save up to 40% off and get free shipping, so go right now to FOU U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash blonde and feel your productivity and creativity with some mushroom coffee. You guys will love. I could also say that mushroom coffee has been a big hack and a big learning in my 31 years to introduce that into my life. So let's get into number 16. And 16 is love is all there is. It's all that matters. It's all that exists. I love the headspace I must have been in when I wrote that one down. That is the truth. All the plant medicine that I've done, all the awakenings that I've had, every time the veil has completely lifted and I've seen my soul on a higher realm, the only message 
that my soul has for me is return to love. Love is all there is. And reading the book, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, definitely awakened this very deep, very deep knowing in me that when we deviate from love, we are not our best selves. And that's when we're living in fear. So returning to love and also prioritizing love for me, prioritizing my marriage, my relationship, my love for everyone in my life. And of course, my love for myself, because that is a huge part of it all is just the cornerstone of life. So yes, that's number 16, but, but really if there was an order, that would probably be number one. Number 17, healthy, stable relationships do not have that drastic up and down drama to them. And that's a good thing. They're steady, like the ocean breeze, hang on to that. And that is definitely a message from my younger self because I used to be addicted to unstable relationships with drama, complication. I just had told myself this story that I'm so complex. I'm so complicated. My brain is complex and I like complexity and all these things to just show myself why an unhealthy, unstable relationship was what I deserved and also what I needed. I thought that maybe a healthy relationship with a stable person would be boring. And if you're listening and you relate to this, please, if anything that you take from this episode, know that healthy, stable relationships don't have that drastic up and down drama but they will fuel you and they will give you that love that you deserve. You'll have a true partnership, a true romance, and it's not boring. It's actually so much more interesting and there's not those emotional ups and downs from a really unstable situation. So that's a huge one. I love that some of these 31 things are like a message to my younger self, things that I wish I would have known in my 20s and much earlier than now. But I know that everything that I've experienced in my life is what has led me to this point. So number 18, many relationships will ebb and flow and that's not a bad thing. Sometimes friendships end and that's okay. They create space for the new and that's such a beautiful thing. So that's true. I used to hang on to every friendship for dear life. I thought that never, ever, ever having a friendship end was the sign of what a good person I am, what a good friend I am, that losing a friendship for any reason would just be, you know, this horrific thing. And now I realize that when you do drift ways, drift away from someone and it doesn't have to be dramatic, then you really do have space for new. And when I finally allowed myself to do that, I was probably far older than a lot of other people were when they realized that because I did hold on so tightly for so long to so many people and things. I really could establish wonderful new relationships that are so enriching and so deep and they fuel my soul. And they also fuel who I am now because I have evolved so much and what a beautiful gift. And then likewise, when you live that way, you bring the people in your life along with you. So I do have a lot of friends from childhood and from college who have evolved on their own journeys and we meet each other where we are now and maybe our friendship has ebbed and flowed and there are times that we haven't been as close and there are times that we have been and to know that if someone's meant to be in your life you'll always find your way back to each other and what an amazing thing and also not just that 
But that talking less doesn't mean that the friendship is over. It means like, I respect you. I respect what you're doing. I respect your life. You respect mine. When we come together, we have a great time. And it's like letting go of that um, codependency has been so huge. I think I did have a lot of codependency in my relationships. And I think that letting go of that has served me so well. Number 19, another Ram Dass quote. I knew we would make our way back to the Ram Dass quotes. He says, a guru is a cooked goose. We are not the guru. We are the teacher. We are our own teacher. I just love his terminology. A guru is a cooked goose. That makes me laugh so hard. And what he means by that, my interpretation at least, is like, we are our own guru. Anytime you put someone up on a pedestal, you're like waiting for the other shoe to drop because everyone's human. No matter how powerful a healer is, they're not perfect. They have their own shit. They're also riding the wave of the human experience. So rather than like idolizing, guruizing, pedestalizing, making up my own words, my favorite thing to do, look within, like be inspired by people, but don't kid yourself into thinking that they are perfect or that they're above you in any way because we are all equal. We are all each other's equals. And what an important thing to remember. A guru is a cooked goose. We had to have some humor in there. Ram Dass is the king of like spiritual humor. Like life is not that serious. And I am so thankful that he brought that into my life. Number 20, never compare your path with anyone else's because no one here is made of the same star stuff and karma that you are. We are all stardust and our path is unique. So this is a Jordan Younger quote, of course, talking about stardust. We are all made up of like the most fabulous, wild things from throughout the universe, throughout the history of time. We have lived on this planet so many times and we've lived elsewhere so many times. You can't compare your path with anyone else's because we all have different history, different DNA, different ancestors, different missions. We're different ages on the soul realm, if you could even call it an age. And what an important thing to remember, we are all stardust. Like every single cell in your body is made up of stardust and you're unique. Your path is unique. Please, please, if anything, don't compare your path to someone else's because you came here to be you and you came here to do it your own way. And don't ever look to anyone else to see how they do it because you're the one who is a badass and you are killing it and don't ever forget it. So that's number 20. Number 21, another Ram Dass quote, be here now. How simple is that? Like, be here now, the present moment. The present moment is all that matters. It's the only thing that exists. That one I can leave short and sweet because as long as you can live in the present moment, you truly have everything. And now time for number 22, do the things that bring you joy. So I wrote here, coffee, nature. It's the little moments that add up always. And I wrote coffee specifically because I think we all have one of those things that brings us so much joy that we may have, you know, tried to cut out of our life at one point or you hear something about it and it doesn't work for someone else and it doesn't work for certain times in your life. That's what coffee's been like for me. I've gone years of my life without drinking coffee 
And when I reintroduced it, I realized to a deeper degree how much joy it brings me to have that morning latte or that Four Sigmatic coffee or just a regular regular old iced cold brew. It just brings me so much joy. And I'm not saying coffee is that magic little potion for everyone, but the amount of joy that the ritual brings into my life is massive and such a game changer. So do the things that bring you joy. I also have nature on this list, the little moments. Jonathan and I have a word. Maybe we'll share it with you guys one day, especially if he takes over the podcast for a while while I'm on my maternity leave. We have a word that we made up in our own little language that means soak in the moment. And I wrote that word because it really is those little moments. And so often we're in the middle of like what we dreamt of when we were 20 years old. Like I look back, that was 11 years ago now. And I would have been dreaming of being married to the love of my life, pregnant with my first baby, cuddled up in bed with an animal. Back then, I had never, ever had my own animal. I didn't grow up with cats or dogs or anything. So getting Hudson and being Hudson's mom for the last six years has been something I would have dreamed of too in our beautiful apartment with this incredible way of connecting with you guys that happens to be my job oh my God, like all of this would have been a dream. And it's so easy to get caught up in what we want. And I have so many things that I want. I have so many goals. I can't wait to own a house with a yard. And we're always thinking about the next thing. And I think it's so important to sit and reflect on also how far we've been. And it is the little moments that add up. So that's number 22. Number 23, this is another Ram Dass quote. I'm really on a roll. The whole trip unfolds in an unfolding process of which we have no control. And what he's talking about there is the trip of life, the journey of life. And he was such a profound spiritual teacher in the sense that he was so in awe of life and like everything around us with such a sense of detachment and I, in my life, I can get so attached to things. I get so attached to what it looks like, what it has to feel like. I get attached to what people might be thinking about me. And I love this quote about everything happening in an unfolding process of which we have no control because it reminds me that at the end of the day, there's a greater power. There's a higher power in control. And when we remember that, we can surrender and we all deserve to have that surrender and have that peace and have that relinquishing of control. So that's number 23, one of my favorite quotes. Number 24, we came to this earth because we have work to do. (laughs) I'm reading my notes here. I wrote, no, woe is me, which means like stop pitying yourself, have gratitude for everything around you. And again, because everything in the world might feel a little bit upside down right now, it definitely feels that way to me, but we came to this earth because we have work to do. And that reminds me, since we're honoring teachers and spiritual teachers here, Guru Jagat, who passed away this year at the age of 42, she might've been 43, 42 or 43. One of the first things she said to me when we met was, we have work to do. Like the light workers have work to do on this planet. 
And she basically said, I'm not interested in associating with people who don't know that we have to get to work and that every ounce of our life should be dedicated to that work. And she was next level. She was here to be a spiritual teacher. And it's almost like her soul knew that she wasn't going to be here for very long or for very much longer. And let's just say her lifespan was perfect for her. I still don't understand why she left us too soon. But she was so inspiring to me in the sense that she always gave the reminder, we have work to do, let's get to work. And I remember being so inspired the first time she told me that and being so intimidated because I was this 25, 26 year old girl. I was just getting into spirituality. I admired her confidence so much. She was a no bullshit, take no shit kind of teacher. And that's why that's number 24 to me. We came to this earth because we have work to do. So anytime I start to pity myself or start to feel like, wouldn't it have been so much more simple to live in the 1970s or some other time in history where all of this uproar, this particular uproar was not happening? First of all, I remember that every time in history had its difficulties. And then secondly, I remember, nope, we chose this. Our soul chose this. I guess you can tie everything on this list back to the eternal soul and living as an eternal soul. Number 25, being grateful will shift and create and be the catalyst for your entire life. Try it on. And that's just a little quote that I wrote. Gratitude is everything. Like I mentioned earlier in this conversation, when I woke up this morning, I had the choice to think negatively or to think positively and to just pound into my head the affirmations. And sometimes you got to do it that way. Sometimes the affirmations and the positivity and the gratitude are not going to come gracefully or easily. Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to make this choice. I can start my day off on a positive tone or I can wallow in a little bit of self-pity. And if you do that, that's okay. You can always turn your day around. But I would rather start the day because the first five minutes of our day determine often, at least for me, the type of mood that's going to carry me through the whole day. So that gratitude piece is truly everything. That's number 25. Number 26, basic and important. Don't look at your phone first thing in the morning. This is a message to me. This is a message to everyone. Oh my God. So this morning when I chose positivity, I also committed to myself to not look at my phone for at least an hour. And this was harder than usual because like I said, I slept in today. I slept past my alarm. It was not early anymore. It was barely even the morning anymore, but by the time that I woke up. And so I knew I could check my phone. People are probably waiting to hear back from me at this point. Or I could give myself some peace, pretend like I woke up at 7 or 8 a.m. and have an actual morning routine. And it was so beautiful. I sat in our new chair, our new rocking chair that we bought for our little baby boy's room. And I journaled and got to the bottom of like a lot of shadow work that I've been working on in regards to the book and to stepping into the next iteration 
of me. That's something that I talked about in my other recent solo episode. And oh my God, like by the time I turned on my phone, I no longer felt that fight or flight. I no longer felt so attached to what I was hoping I might see in my text message responses. Like, so, you know, some of the things that my monkey mind was trying to focus on when I first woke up, I felt so much better about after journaling, after meditating, I did some stretching, I made my coffee. I had like a whole hour of just an amazing morning. And I have to remember, I've created this life. I've created this life where I, it doesn't really matter what time I wake up. It doesn't really matter if I get back to people, some people right away. So that pressure is just a self-inflicted pressure. So don't look at your phone first thing in the morning. That's number 26, an absolutely huge one. And now we just have five more. Number 27, this is something that I did today, actually. I usually record all my solo episodes like in one fell swoop, like one conversation. But today my parents were waiting for me. We were going to Malibu for the afternoon to have lunch and walk on the beach and get some work done from the ocean. So at some point during this conversation, I realized I'm not going to finish this episode unless I rush it, which I don't want to do. So I'm just going to put a pin in it, which I did like 20 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago into the episode, which was actually hours ago. We went to the ocean and it was heavenly. I feel like a whole new person after spending time with my parents, being in nature, being by the ocean. So number 27 is specific to me because I can become such a creature of habit and such a homebody. I work from home and sometimes I don't want to leave home at all, especially if I don't have a lot of energy or if I didn't sleep very well, but I'm always happier when I get out of the house, always. And that doesn't mean get out of the house and like go just anywhere because a lot of public places actually don't make me happy, but going to the ocean never disappoints. So number 27, a particular thing that I've learned is to get outside every day. If you're ever feeling sad, if I'm ever feeling sad, switching up my immediate surroundings makes a huge world of difference. So that's what I did today at the ocean. It was incredible. Number 28, if I have to choose between being liked and being respected, I would choose being respected 100%. This is huge. I guess the other the other thing you could call number 28 is it's okay if everybody doesn't like you or it's okay if not everyone likes you. So that was something I never would have accepted in my 20s or in my teens. I wanted to be liked by everyone. Was I liked by everyone? No, because that's a pretty impossible feat. You could be the juiciest peach and someone still might not like peaches, as they say. So getting comfortable with not really being liked has been huge. That's a really, really important one to me on this list. And then realizing again, just because somebody doesn't like me, as long as I, I like myself and I'm proud of the choices that I'm making and I'm happy with the choices that I'm making, then that's all that really matters. And then the second half of this is the respect piece. And 
if you have to choose between being liked and being respected, I would always choose being respected. So standing up for myself for one today, it was really interesting in Malibu. I heard the table behind us talking really negatively about a very close friend of mine. And there was such a part of me that wanted to get up and defend my friend and say, you don't know what you're talking about. And so interesting that your own life must be so disinteresting that you're talking about this person and you don't have any of the facts, correct? And I ended up not doing it, but that would be an example if I did stick up for my friend, which I felt in my heart was the right thing to do, except for I would have been ambushing these people's table. And I just decided it wasn't worth anyone's time or energy because I kind of sussed out the situation. It didn't seem like these were the type of people who would have felt very bad or would have changed their mind. I think this would have just added to their list. I could tell that they were really thriving on the drama or the supposed drama. But for example, say that I had spoken up, that would have been the choice to be respected over being liked. Because these people, they definitely wouldn't have liked me for butting into their conversation, which I felt like I was at their table because our tables were so close. But they may have respected the fact that I was loyal to this person in my life. So totally like hypothetical because I didn't say anything. I was with my parents and we were all listening and we were all fuming because we all know this person. And it was just so fascinating, which brings me to number 29. This is all so intertwined. Noble speech. Noble speech is something that I learned in an ayahuasca ceremony and a concept, I guess, I've been learning my entire life, which is to not speak negatively of anyone and to not especially speak negatively about myself. Um, But noble speech in particular is no gossiping, no entertaining other people gossiping. Like gossiping can be this bonding tool where people think that they're bonding because you're gossiping about the same person, but that's really not a true way to be close to someone. That's kind of like a false sense of something that you have in common. And if that is all you have in common with a friend, maybe that's not the friend for you. Because something else that I've learned is the more that someone is willing to gossip and snark and talk badly about someone that they know, that you both know, they might also be talking about you. And I feel like I have been friends with a lot of people like that before. And we've all been there where we've gossiped. It might feel really good because it's like a way of venting. And it's okay to vent. It's okay to vent to trusted people. But it's totally different to just use someone else's life, talk about someone else's life because you're bored or because you want to make yourself feel better. So number 29, noble speech. That's something that I try to practice. That's something that I teach in waking back up to your own soul. Just trying out, not saying anything negative about other people and also not speaking negatively about yourself. So when you're practicing noble speech, if you find yourself putting yourself down and saying, I looked terrible in that outfit and what was I saying in that situation? People probably think I'm dumb, blah, blah, blah you go down this rabbit hole, that is not speaking kindly to yourself. And so with noble speech, you're really just putting positive affirmations out there about yourself and about other people. And I promise you, I promise you, you will start to look around and you will notice how much nicer everything in your life starts to be when you're not focusing on the negative. Like 
the law of attraction, more good things can come your way when you're focusing on the good, when you're talking about the good, when you are having positive affirmations and positive things to say and put into the world. So that's number 29. And just interesting how that ties into the respect piece in number 28. Number 30 is, this is like another concept. This kind of comes from Ram Dass as well. You can tell I've been reading his books lately. I've been feeling really connected to his energy and his spirit. And something that he says is, all you can do for another person is be an environment in which if they wanted to come up for air, they could. And I love that because that's the kind of friend that I strive to be. And as much as I've talked in this episode and recent episodes about boundaries, putting yourself first and pouring from your own cup first, all of that is because for many of us, we do want to be the best friend that we can be, the best daughter, the best person, the best wife, whatever. And for me, that's really important. That's part of being a Libra. Relationships are very important in my life. And again, what we put out is what we receive in return. So be an environment in which if someone wanted to come up for air, they could. That's the kind of friend that I strive to be. So yes, I may not be perfect in every way. I'm definitely not. Oh my gosh. I may not be the friend who can go out drinking with you. I may not be the friend who has all of the energy in the world to be it absolutely everything. But I am the friend that you could show up at my doorstep in the middle of the night and I would listen. You could also FaceTime me for three or four hours if you're my very close friend and I will listen and hold space for everything that you have going on. And I have friends like that in return. And that's definitely a quote that speaks to me and something that I wanted to put on my list because I just like that. I think that's a really beautiful way to define not just friendship, but social interaction. Like how nice, rather than preparing yourself to be in a situation that's gonna just suck all of this energy for you. What about just going and hanging out with someone where you just feel like you're coming up for air? So that's what I hope to provide to my friends, my family, to you guys, because you guys are my friends. And I hope when you listen to the podcast that that's how you feel. I really, really do. Now, finally, we are at number 31. Oh my gosh. So this one's kind of off the cuff. I have like 40 written and none of them are like striking me as the way that I want to end the episode. So I kind of just want to talk off the cuff and what I feel in this exact moment would be my number 31 is that family is everything. Family is everything. Nothing is more important than family. And that's kind of a note to my younger self as well. Because when you're a teenager and you're young, sometimes you think, whatever, family, I just want to be with my friends. And I was always close with my family. But now that I'm starting my own little family, Jonathan Hudson, our little baby boy on the way, my parents live upstairs. I just realized, oh my God, with this built-in support system and all of this love, that's what life is all about, 100%. So nothing comes before that. And as long as my family's happy, I'm happy. And again, that kind of ties this whole episode together because so many of the things that I've learned have to do with love and freedom and family and relationships and boundaries and being in the present moment and the present moment being the only place that life exists and family 
Like who better to enjoy it with than family? And also it's such a reminder to me as I grow up, as I get into my 30s, I'm still at the very beginning of my 30s. I want to look back on this time and remember memories with my family, like trips and vacations with my family, nights where we're off of our phones and Jonathan and I are not just in bed looking at TikTok like separately, but like actually spending time together. Nothing's more important than that. And again, love is the only thing that matters. Love is the only thing that's real. So that would be number 31. I mean, my God, I feel like I could do a hundred of these. Like, I feel like there are so many other things that I want to say. And those are 31 things that I'm so happy that I have learned in my 31 years that have enhanced my life, that have made me happier, that have helped me awaken spiritually, that have helped me live this conscious lifestyle. I mean, I really should have like added a couple about plant medicine and about spiritual awakening. I could have sworn I had some of those on the list, but I guess because I've never ever in my life written a list that ends exactly where it's supposed to end. Let's just add 32 and 33 because we will make it into an angel number 33. 32 is plant medicine is one of the keys to my soul has helped me unlock so much. Oh my gosh, not for everyone, but definitely for me. And then number 33 is awakening psychically. Although it was definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life because it has required me to dig so deep within me. I had to let go of anything glamorous I ever thought it might be like to be able to be psychic and talk to people who've passed on and and travel to these other realms. But finally doing that and putting that at the forefront of my life and meditating every day and tapping into those other realms, that has made my life and my healing so beautiful. And it has actually made my healing possible. So I have to give so much, so much thanks to myself, I guess, for diving into that, but also just for for that beautiful world for existing, for the realm of all of the amazing mediums and teachers and spiritual teachers that I've had and just for all of the inspiration that it has brought. So that would be that. And then just a very funny story to wrap up this episode. On that note, last night I went to dinner with my parents and I was reminding them about this psychic download that I got three or four years ago that was basically a premonition for something that is probably happening in our life right now, me and my, me and my family. And so I was reminding my parents and my dad, I said like, you know, that psychic download that I got like four years ago. And my dad was like, wait, what? The what that you got four years ago? And so I had to back up a little bit and say, you know, how I talked to people who have passed on people who have died. And he's like, oh yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Go on. And it was just so funny because that was something that he used to not believe. I'm still not sure that he believes in it, which is also okay, but he respects it so much because he's seen how opening up in this way has enhanced my life and has helped me heal. And he's certainly heard about it enough from me that Him and my mom are like my biggest cheerleaders, whether they understand it or whether they don't. And I think my mom understands it a lot more than my dad. But it was just so funny because he is so supportive and 
I just thought that that was an amazing little story that he wasn't making fun of the fact that I talked to dead people or he wasn't like, oh my God, that's not true. Because just a few short years ago, that's probably what he would have been doing and saying. So people come so far. We touch so many people in our lives, whether we mean to or not, when we're on our own journey of personal involvement and awakening we inspire people more than we know even if that's not our intention but that's a really important thing to remember you simply living your best life your most aligned life inspires and touches the other people who see you who see you doing it so that's that's something i'm really grateful for and now that i've officially gone over my 31 things 33 or 34 at this point this is probably a good place to stop i'm so thankful to you guys for listening happy birthday to all of my fellow libras and birthday twins as always i love hearing your birthday comment on my instagram if you are a fellow libra or even a libra rising or libra moon tell me when your birthday is also if you have no libra in your chart still tell me when your birthday is and be sure to enter our nama juicer giveaway the nama j2 juicer is the biggest game changer as far as juicers go like i can't even believe it exists so if you're not the winner just know that you can use the code blonde at any time for a nice discount off of nama's new juicer and in their j2 juicer they have it in white they have it in black it's completely revolutionary juicing is so good for you so nourishing and i'm so thankful that they have agreed to do a birthday giveaway with me so just a reminder the way that you enter that giveaway is by rating and reviewing this podcast sending a screenshot to me at jordanatthebalanceblonde.com and then also heading to my instagram commenting on the photo and following nama on instagram which you will see them tagged in my latest instagram so that will be a no-brainer and super easy and you can enter as many times as you want leave as many comments as you want and i am just so excited to be giving that away i love to be able to do a really special giveaway every year on my birthday and this juicer oh my gosh I don't remember how much this new juicer is. Maybe I'll be able to find out looking on their website. Oh, okay. It's $550. So this is a $550 giveaway. So epic. They also have their original juicer, which costs a little bit less. The Vitality of $5,800. And so if you don't have $550, but you are still looking to get an amazing juicer, check out the Vitality $5,800 and use the code BLONDE. And thank you also to our sponsors for today's episode, Beekeepers Naturals and Four Sigmatic. You can find those discount codes in the show notes. And thank you, all of you, for being here. I feel so grateful to be entering a new year, celebrating it alongside of so many of you, and just grateful for this life, grateful for all of it. I love you guys. I hope you have a soul on fire day, and we will talk soon. Mwah.